0: Alright, for Tuesday the 28th of February, this is Free The Geek FM, the podcast about building a rewarding career as a professional software developer and technical writer. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. How many times can a person say welcome in one introductory part of a podcast? Well, if you're me, was that five times? <laughs> Seems I can't even count today. Anyway, what I'm really, really excited about in this particular episode is to be having a chat with the wonderful, the very friendly, the ever-professional, enthusiastic, and entrepreneurial Mr. Wes Boss. Now. Let me tell you a little bit about Wes. And to be honest, I'll kind of cheat. I'll just nick it off his website. He says here, I'm Wes Boss, a full-stack web developer and designer from Hamilton, Canada. I love to share what I know through my training products, teaching, and speaking at conferences. I've been creating on the web for around nine years and have become pretty good at it. I hang out on Twitter and would love to meet you. You can find him at wesboss.com. Anyway, um... The reason why I I was so super duper keenly excited, like a like a little kid as I was once, many many moons ago, to have Wes on the show, is because for for quite some time I've been sort of gradually getting into screencasting. Like, I, okay, I I do it, but it's not like full time thing. But I've always enjoyed doing it. Okay, if I'm honest, those first few attempts at creating videos, yeah, well, mm-hmm, I probably wasn't the most calm and collected person when things just didn't happen. But let's not really go there. I mean it's just you and me, right? But there's there's no one else listening. <laughs> but seriously. Um and one of the people who I've noticed who seems to do it so well, who seems to have such a um this is gonna sound a bit sort of a bit, bit cheesy, but has a has a gift. I guess after yeah as a creating so many of them you'd expect it would seem like a gift. Anyway he um, is Wes, and he just—he has this style that reminds me of a, of a good mate of mine, Jeremy, um, who can also sort of distill a concept, technical or otherwise, um, into—I uh, th- I think uh, using the term simple could be condescending. I don't mean it that way. I mean you can—they can sort of take a concept and explain it in 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 a way that is sort of so easy to pick up so quickly, even if you have no background in the topic. Plus, he has 91,500 followers on Twitter. When I last checked it, about three or four days ago... Actually, no, I think it was on the weekend. It was 91.1 thousand. So, for little old me who has, what, 1,839? Kind of not really huge in the grand scheme of things. To see 91,500, I thought to myself, I really want to talk to Wes. I want to know, what does he do? How does he do it? How long has he been doing it for? Not necessarily a secret source exactly, but what you know, What does he do? How does he approach it? How does he think about it? What got him into it? All those really kinds of fun things. So, it was a pleasure to sit down with him. Uh, he was a very, very charitable guest. He was full of information and full of that enthusiasm that he always comes across with in his writing, whether in his articles, in his books, in his courses. And was generally just sort of very candid, very friendly, very open now that being said a few little tidbits or little takeaways from the episode that i want you to have a listen out for and firstly he says be consistent i'm oh, sorry this is with respect to twitter be consistent and join in the conversations and respond to questions that people ask you secondly talk about others and not yourself not that it's wrong to talk about yourself but pretty much make it about other people and not about you. It's, it's kind of like that old saying, you have two ears and one mouth, and you should use them in that ratio. Thirdly, or the third point I want to have you, you, know, have you listen out for, is know your audience well. I mean, he goes into a whole lot of an enormously rich detail. But it's, it's when you create something online, when you uh, tweet out to people and that sort of stuff, when you get in touch with people on a mailing list... Basically, know who you're talking to. Know what they're keen to learn about, what they're keen to improve on, what they're keen to do better at, and basically help them do it. It's not about you and what you think would be a cool idea. I mean, maybe what you think is a cool idea and what they want to learn are the same thing. Hey, great, fantastic, go do it. But otherwise, find out what they want and make it about them, and then have your sense of fun, your sense of satisfaction in doing that. Ah... And one other little tidbit, I mean, there's so many more, and I'll have them on the show notes for this episode, but this one was my particular favorite. He says, learn to cut the fat in your work and don't ramp up. In a nutshell means, and I've, I've done it myself a lot, perhaps you do it as well, which is, you know, when you come into work at first thing in the morning, um, and you sit down, you check emails, check social media, grab yourself a coffee, chat to somebody, and so on and so forth, all these little things which to the outside perspective might seem like you're actually working, when generally speaking, you don't need to do them and they're a waste of time. You're basically avoiding getting started. He says, in short, don't do it. Put yourself in the perspective if, um, say, a family or something else already hasn't, hasn't already done it for you, and say so something like, I have 20 minutes, half an hour or an hour to get this done, let's see what I can bang out in that period of time. Go! Right. Anyway, there is loads more in the episode. It was again a pleasure to be speaking with Wes. I'm now gonna hand over to the fireside chat and I will see you after the episode for a few more titbits of gold. The, the the things that I was keen to, to pick your brains about and find out about were obviously about sort of online online courses and training and so forth. So I was I was curious as to how you got started, like what took you down that particular path as opposed to something else, what drew you down yeah. that way?
1: um so just a little bit of backstory I had been probably about seven eight years ago. I had just been creating a couple of YouTube videos here and there um mm-hmm. just because i I kind of liked that whole idea of recording your screen and and sharing with with people what I know. I spent a lot of time on Stack Overflow at, at the time just answering questions trying to people out because I felt like I learned a lot by by doing that. Um, And because I was doing a whole bunch of uh, YouTube screencasts, maybe not a whole bunch, maybe three or four, a couple blog posts here or there, um, I was asked by this new thing here in uh, Canada called Ladies Learning Code. They asked me to uh, come lead a workshop on WordPress, and um, I thought that would be kind of cool. I was kind of nervous about it, but I I, I went for it, and uh, I developed curriculum for uh, a a single day uh WordPress course for ladies learning code and it was really cool because we had this like single day thing we had all kinds of people come out from the community we had i think we had like 50 women out and we had about like i don't know 30 or 20 or 30 mentors help out and i was leading this thing and it, people really seemed to like the way that i explained things and mm-hmm. i started to to really like uh the process of of leading someone through learning a topic but but making sure that they they keep with me and, and understand and it's done in a way that's relatable to them. So that sort of just uh, spiraled into, um, or not spiraled, but in a, it spiraled in a good way, I guess. That went into this thing called HackerU, which um, the team behind Ladies Learning Code started up and it was sort of like a, a paid one because Ladies Learning Code is a, a not-for-profit. And HackerU... Uh we started teaching evening courses. Uh eventually we started doing boot camps and things like that. So I've I've been there for about five years now on a on a part-time basis, just teaching mostly evening courses. Mm-hmm. Um and and just over the years I've just been doing lots of blog posts and that turned into I wrote a book on Sublime Text that had some videos with it, which people reacted really, really well to the videos. So uh and I I really like doing videos so I, I decided to do more videos and that just from there i just started developing more and more uh free and, and paid courses mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the the skinny of of all of the how i got into this
0: okay so it was sort of ah okay just, so what um uh, touching on the point of, on videos for, for a sec yeah what would be because I know when I get started, it was just a kind of like a, a, a jump in and so sort of let's see how it goes. And I remember at mm-hmm. first it was just, uh, I I think I had the wrong preconception about how it would work. Yeah. Um. And it turned out to be a hell of a lot of work. And it's it's gotten a lot simpler and a lot quicker over the last two years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. But what? How did you find? How do you find sort of the process? Do you find it like? really intense or it's just something that you take to naturally or yeah
1: no i I think that's a big common misconception because it it seems like i flip a screen recorder on and just go about my day building a website Mm. but uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it um recording like like a 15 minute video might take me three hours to to actually record because i do it over a few times i I spend a whole bunch of time planning what will go into that video. I it's it's mostly re-recording, making sure that I I nail the explanation so that everything is clear and and makes sense to the actual user. So it it does take a lot. Um it's very heavy on the planning side. It's it's pretty tough to to do to make it seem natural but also very not rehearsed because I I don't have a script or anything. Sort of my my feel is a little bit more off the cuff, and I feel like I get better explanations that way. But um, it does, yeah it it doesn't get any easier. You just sort of realize that this sort of thing takes a long time to build, and and that's totally fine because uh, the end product is going to be really good for the user.
0: Okay, well, I mean, that's it's really sort of encouraging um, way you look at it. I mm-hmm. I do a I do a script myself because I'm just not as good. I I don't feel that I'm as good as as doing off the cuff, yeah. Um, but I think I I get your point about the one when it seemed to take a noticeable improvement in, in how it came together was was definitely when I sort of appreciated. Okay, so sit down and and think about it and and plan it out first. And what do you want to say? And what are you trying to teach? And what are you trying? What message are you trying to convey?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. And I think it's a lot a big point there is you got to tap into how how you best perform when you're doing recording. So some people will record a, a big script, and it's very much it's very clean and things like that. Whereas mine is a bit more. Um, hey, this is what we're doing now, and I'll hit a bump, and I'll hit a I'll hit an error, and I'll leave that in because that's like a common thing that that you would hit, and it's not going to always be perfect. And uh, that's sort of my my audience the, the people who enjoy like not everybody likes my stuff but uh, the people who seem to gravitate to liking my courses um they learn best that way and they they feel like i'm sort of there just explaining it to them uh, as a friend would
0: you would you feel that's why you've got 91,000 followers on twitter <laughs> <laughs>
1: probably it probably has something to do with it i think that uh it, that's sort of behind everything that I do is that not everybody is going to like it, but I'm going to find my little crew of people who, who enjoy the way that I do things and the way that I explain things because, um, yeah, I, I I do things a little bit differently. Often I'll have, uh, people who are much smarter than me trying to reprimand me or try to explain how I, how I'm explaining it wrong. Really? Um, But yeah, but, the way that i'm actually explaining it to someone is because it makes sense to uh it might not be the most technically uh i don't know like i might not be using the the correct words but the way that i explain it to um someone who has no idea is it's it seems graspable by them
0: so sort of um maybe sort of less specifically technical documentation or whatever but more of what like metaphor and allegory and so forth
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like if 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 I were to give you an example of what that would be is um, my last video series, I did the difference between an array and a node list where most people would just be like, this is a returns a node list. And then people would be like, I, I don't know what that is. But then I like, what I'll do is I'll pause real quick and be like, oh, this is a node list. It's kind of like an array, but it doesn't have all the methods on it. But in a lot of cases, that's all we need. And I sort of show open up the prototype and and I'll go off on a, not a tangent, but I'll I'll spend about a minute or so just explaining things while they're in context. And that's where people seem to have a lot of uh, aha moments and clicks and whatnot.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's sort of a, a nice combination of sort of here's here's what it does. And by the way, in case you didn't, or you weren't sort of familiar with the term, here's a quick sort of overview or whatever of that particular um terminology
1: yeah yeah exactly if it's if it's too much of a stretch or if i think like the video is a bit more advanced and i know that people will know what that is mm-hmm. then i won't spend time on it but uh if it is something where i know people will struggle with that um i'll take a quick second and and explain that to them and uh i i often and that comes a lot from teaching in person where sometimes i'll just mention things off offhand Hmm. Or I'll often get these questions for people. Like yesterday, I was in class explaining uh, something about how to get a JavaScript library, and I was just showing it on GitHub, and and that just spawned off a quick question about a git ignore and, and what to do with your vendor dependencies in a git ignore, and, and and people are like, oh, I was always wondering that, and I, I always needed that, and I would have never have done that as a standalone topic, but if it comes up. Uh As I'm teaching, often that's where because we're in the context of it at the time, it mm. will make sense to the the learner
0: okay now I like how you how you do that that point about uh you mentioned in there of saying you will um you have you appreciate the way in which you teach things, the way in which you put information across, and and you sort of fully accept that not everybody's gonna buy into that or it's not gonna relate, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I like that because that would seem to be a much more uh what's the right word i wonder um fle- uh flexible no sorry i've been i mean chatting with my wife uh who's german and i'm having this thing lately of just words fail me and it's, <laughs> it's like what was the word for that again anyway um yeah much more maybe a relaxed style so it's mm-hmm. a, a non-forced kind of thing you're not trying to force yourself into a particular mold of the accepted style or the people who seem to be quote unquote big do it this way so I have to yeah. do it that way too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like when I first started I would try to like watch other people who had done it and see like try to pick apart what they're doing but the reality is and and this is what I stumbled upon when I was teaching that First Lady's Learning Code where I didn't know how to teach mm-hmm. so I just explained it how it would make sense to me and okay. for whatever reason that started really clicking with people and people were saying like oh I love the way you explain it or um, the big concept at the time was the loop in WordPress and people say like I never understood the loop and you came along here and explained it I always have these stupid ways to explain things like, <laughs> like this little junior riding a bike and looping over the posts and everything like that and like oh it totally made sense to me for the first time in my life and I was like oh, maybe I should just explain it how I understand it, not uh-huh. the way that the documentation understand or someone else's understand it. Because um, it's the same way with blog posts as well. People are like, why should I write a blog post if there's already a blog post about it? But the way that you come about something might be that clicking moment for someone.
0: Yeah, true. I guess it's because I guess it's the, what was that line? Um there's a, a misnomer, is that those who, who can do, those who can't teach. Um, but yeah, I those it, those <clears throat> who
1: those who can do, those who can't teach. Yeah, you said it right.
0: But then I find that if you can do it, then you should be able to explain it. Well, not always, but um, <laughs> some people just really suck at explaining things. Yeah, but well,
1: I also think like like I'm not the smartest developer out there, and I think that is a bit of an advantage to me as someone who teaches mm. because you you look at these people who are building these libraries and these open source and they're working on really tough problems and mm. they're really smart and they're at, they're at a level above most of us or they're at a, at a different level at least mm-hmm. and it's it just makes sense to them it's all in their head and and all of these things um are very clear to them so they don't understand what some of the stumbling blocks mm-hmm. might be like um redux was a course it's like a library for for react for managing yep. your data mm-hmm. and um i took a all of the stuff on redux is very very high level out there because the people who are using it are really smart and they already know what pure functions are and they really they already know how functional programming works and stuff like that and for for me a lot of people approaching this, this is the first time that they're uh, they're encountering a lot of these concepts, so mm-hmm. uh, I sort of had to to bring it down a level and and try to explain it out a way that like most people would be able to to totally understand. Um, and it's it's great seeing all the email I get where people are like, "Oh, I've struggled with Redux for a long time, and now I finally it's finally clicking for me because of the way that you explained it and the way that you made it accessible to me."
0: He, that reminds me a lot of a, a a mate of mine and he's not necessarily like a, a, a computer person but he can just, at least in my experiences going back some years, if he, if he sort of said, you know, he's like, well, how's this work? And you kind of give bits and he could just take it mm-hmm. and he could just rework it into a form that was so kind of accessible and you mm-hmm. sit there thinking, how did you just do that? You know, you, he would just somehow rather other be able to just process it and rework it and just deliver it in in the most, I, I don't want to say simple, because I think it can it might come across as condescending. Yep. But look, for that word that, that implies, it it just, oh yeah, I can, I can totally get that. Even if I've never heard of it before, the way you just said it, wow, it just clicked with me. And I've always been an awe of people who could do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just clicks with them. And, and also it's important that the content is engaging as well. Like all of my tutorials, we're always building something that's fun. We're always building something that, is probably a you could relate to a real world problem that you would run into, and the fact that you are engaged in it means that you're actually going to see it through, and you're not going to like sit in front of a YouTube video for three minutes and then you find yourself checking Twitter because you're you're bored, right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, is, so that, is oh sorry, you were saying. No, go ahead, go ahead. So is that is that kind of like the approach you take? It's not a case of here's a particular concept, it's more of a here's something in its entirety and this video is a, is a piece of that greater whole.
1: Um it depends on on what I'm trying to to teach. Generally, it's it's concept driven. So we need to learn about state, we need to learn about event bubbling, um and that main concept will we often will teach that through uh, building something. And then on the way to mastering that concept we'll, along that road, we'll often touch upon a couple different other side notes, whether it be how to trigger a CSS animation with JavaScript or uh, how to move state from one component to another. And so it, it's always based on one main concept that you should be learning at this point, but you're going to learn a couple of nice other little things along the
0: way. That's interesting. I do like, Mm -hmm. I I, I get a definite infectious enthusiasm coming through. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm,
1: (laughs) I love this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's there was, there what was it, I think there was a US show called The Wonder Years or something, and there was a teacher on there who always spoke in this monotone. And yeah. I just always remember that. And then when you sort of see somebody who's like the complete opposite of that, it's always in heart. Uh, um, it's always in heart, uh, heartening because you sort of get the feeling is that you may not be as totally invested in something, but the mm-hmm. enthusiasm from the person giving it is like, well, I guess there must be something about it because they're so wildly excited.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: But what um, uh, kind of segueing for a little bit. I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm totally sort of, um, uh, looking at like the, the I know I shouldn't get obsessed about Twitter count I I really don't yeah but just seeing like such a high number like was it just be just you're really sort of infectious in how you do things or was it your style or did you how did it kind of grow that big at least in yeah, comparison um, to me anyway
1: <laughs> it's it's mostly consistency so I'm actually coming up. I think it's March. I was looking at it the other day. March 10 would be 10 years on Twitter. Wow. So uh, over a third of my life I've been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing it probably every day for 10 years. So you do anything every day for 10 years, you're going to get pretty good at it, right? And you're yeah. going to become a bit of a falling. So I had a little bit of a, an early adopter advantage there where uh, there used to not be a lot of web developers on Twitter. so you can sort of get in on that crowd a little bit early. Hmm. Um, and then it's just that um, a lot of people seem to think of Twitter as a way, they're, they're what I call pushers, where they'll push their blog post, they'll push their thoughts, they'll push just like whatever it is that they want for the world to know, they'll push that onto Twitter. And no one really cares all that much uh, about what you have to say. Um, but what I do with a lot of mine is that I will, uh, I post these, these tips, um, just tips about programming where, uh, it's something that you can learn in a tweet. Often I'll have a screenshot or, or something like that. And, uh, it's just, it's not like a huge video or blog post, but it's just something that I go, huh, I didn't know that. Or that's nice. I'll, I'll throw that in my back pocket because I'll need it at some point. So that's sort of what I've been doing for I don't know, 3 or 4 years now and uh every now and then one of those tips will uh become popular. And uh it'll it'll get popular, people retweet it, that will help in in the follower count. Um and and then I'm also just like aggressive at I think like one of my biggest advice to people is just ask people to hmm. follow you or ask people to buy your product or ask people if you can do some work for them. But like back when I was doing freelancing, people always been like, how do you get freelancing gigs? Like you just ask people if, if they need work and they're like, Oh, I never thought about that. Right. Like they're just sort of like sitting there waiting for people to come to them. But, uh, for me, it's, it's all over my, um, it's all over my website. If you sign up for one of my courses, the first thing I do after you sign up for a course is ask you to follow me. Um, uh, when i do a talk at a conference i'll say follow me on twitter because i'm going to tweet these slides out and at that point you have 400 people sitting in a room with their phone in their hand go oh might as well because i need these slides after mm-hmm. so it's it's just about figuring out how do i uh how do i capture these people's interest and, and get them to to hit that follow button so it's not like like, I'm very intentional about it. I don't have 90,000 followers by accident. Mm, didn't um, but I, I think that if you <laughs> if you offer uh, good content in terms of tips and stuff like that, and if you're aggressive about telling people to follow you because you do give out good content on Twitter, it, it starts to work out.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was just having a, um, a, a quick scan through your, um, your Twitter timeline. And yeah, that's one or two tweets a day, I see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe I do three. I would say um if if you look at my like replies, uh-huh. it's probably in the hundreds. Yeah. because uh, that's that's another thing I do is I try to respond to maybe not everybody because it's it's getting kind of hard, but I'll try to respond to as many people as I can and, and join in a conversation because um that's how you can learn a lot. Like I often will ask a question on Twitter and I'll get some really smart people offering advice for, for how to solve a problem or, or, or chiming in on it. And uh, that's another great way because you can start to to form a bit of community there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I noticed there was, um, whilst there was uh, sort of points in the, in the timeline about, you know, here's how to do this or here's a tip for that, there was an enormous amount of discussion. So it was seemed to be like, well, I guess in that way, if you then sort of push something, it wouldn't come across as being pushy. Yeah,
1: well... You're not you're not pushing your own thing. What I'm doing is I'm I'm pushing. Uh, here's a new like yesterday I tweeted out, uh, async await is now in Node. Here's how to use it, mm-hmm. and and that's that that has nothing on my end. I didn't make async weight, I'm not selling a course on async await. It's just like this is a cool thing and here's how to actually use it. So, uh, people really really enjoy that that content. At, at some point I release a course, and uh, people are very supportive of that because. They've enjoyed all of the the content that I've given out up until then.
0: Does it help? Like, sort of taking that in, bearing that in mind, does it help that you know, sort of with with selling courses and, and promoting courses, whether free or or paid, that yep. you are sort of so consistent in a particular um, area? Because I know, yeah, uh, one um a uh, person I know, um he's he's called. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. His name's Troy Hunt. He's like a yep. Microsoft MVP security fella, and his tweets and, and blogs seem to be uh, almost purely on security, whereas I see others who are, they're kind of broad programming as such. There's bits from here, bits from there. Do you find it helps being sort of so focused?
1: Yeah, I, I think I know who my audience is really well, and I know the, the, the sort of stuff they're either working on or the stuff that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, sometimes my my timeline will get a little bit heavy on react because I've been doing react for the last year. Um, but I know that in general my my audience is web developers and mm-hmm. they skew fairly heavily in the the JavaScript area So most of my stuff will surround web development and, and doing JavaScript and whatnot mm-hmm. um, but but that doesn't limit me I don't want to be the react guy and, and only be able to do react stuff because, we're just web developers and and these are just different tools. And like I'm doing a node course next, which uh, it's not going to have any react inside of it, but people are really interested in it because uh, it's something that a lot of people have been trying to learn for a while.
0: Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So actually, and and another kind of related question perhaps is the online profile. Do you see that as, as sort of, how would you say there's like you the person as such like so just the casual you're catching up with friends at a bar or or wherever it is you know and then there's kind of you the online person yeah are the the two not the same thing
1: no they're not well they are yeah because i'm i'm just a web developer and i build javascript during the day and i eat barbecue at night that's sort of my thing right yeah so um people always ask me like should i do two separate accounts and uh, and just tweet like this very sterile thing about my job and one and then post my other stuff and other. And um, developers and people in general aren't single-tracked. People in general have many interests and often those interests will overlap. So for me, my interest is uh, hanging out with my family, doing web development and, and cooking. And I share a lot of about all of those things uh, on Twitter and, and people are interested in all three of them. Um, there's a pretty good, and if anything, what that does is it allows people to get to know me on a bit of a more personal level. And they, they see me more as just like a, someone in the community rather than like a company trying to, to sell courses. So it's sort of you,
0: you what you get people could find that they can relate to you because you're relatable as opposed to, um, like a, like a talking point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So I'm I'm just someone who's just living my life, and uh, I I just think about it myself. Like, if I see someone who's interesting to me uh, on Twitter or wherever, I'll go through all their photos, and I love seeing like what kind of headphones they wear, or what desk they're at, or what they're cooking for dinner. Because I just think that's neat to to see different aspects of people's life. Because it's cool that they're interested in programming, but yeah. it's also really cool that they're interested in cooking or uh motorcycles or whatever it is that they're they are really excited about
0: okay that's interesting so so i guess you don't have a a future career in politics then
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no farthest thing from (laughs) it
0: i know you don't meant to talk about politics religion and weather but it it seemed like an easy joke (laughs) yeah um anyway sort of segueing way back out of that one um can I can I ask who is, was was there someone who particularly sort of mentored or or inspired you to 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 do what you do, or sort of gave you suggestions on on how to do it better and simpler, or did you sort of largely kind of just through osmosis and and different experiences kind of um, learn to do what you do as
1: well as you do it? Yeah, I don't. I never had like a a specific mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, like where I sat down with them or had advice from them, it's, it's more just like you said, through osmosis, kind of talking to people and I, I care a lot about what the community has to say and, and what people are emailing me and in, uh, and, in and feedback and, and whatnot. So I, I think that it's all just been sort of over time and I don't know, over time you, you see different people who uh, are like really inspiring to you and you'll, you'll sort of, inherit a lot of their the way that they talk like I was really into Gary Vaynerchuk for for mm-hmm. a while there mm-hmm. and he's really into to social media and the hustle and and all yeah. that stuff and, and you pick a lot of like your um you can probably see it come through in a lot of how I talk about programming where like you just got to put in the work and that's his whole thing with doing social media and it also applies to to programming is it's going to come to those who who put in the hustle. So I don't know, there's different, different people that come along different books that you read as, uh, as you build your career. And I think all of those things have a little drip of inspiration to you as, as you build this thing.
0: Is there, um, well, speaking of books, is is there, whether there's there sort of one or two that particularly sort of grabbed your, your, your interests and you'd recommend to someone else or would you?
1: Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to get a books page out because what I do is I'll just tweet a screenshot of what I'm listening to on Audible mm-hmm. uh, if I like it. Yep. And then I forget. Let me see. I'm just pulling it up here. Um, Deep work was a huge one lately. And that's basically just like the focus of, of hunkering down and getting real work done. Mm-hmm. And especially for people who have kids or have a full-time job, how do you get into that deep mindset really quickly?
0: Oh, I need that one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because if you've got like two hours, like people are like, oh, it must be nice. You can spend eight hours a day on this stuff. I've got an hour and a half after my kid goes to bed and I'm exhausted. So how do I get something done in the same amount of time? So that that was a really, really good one. Want to hear anything you want? Derek Sivers he's a guy that built uh, CD Baby. It's just kind of a, a really neat way to, to look at business and look at taking on projects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the e-myth, that one was kind of interesting. I, I already sort of knew this, but if, if anyone is, is it listening and, and wants to build their own business, mm-hmm. you see this a lot in, in web development, but you also see it a lot in contracting and plumbing as well, where someone says, uh, I'm working for this guy. He's making tons of cash off of my skill. It's all about the programmer is the only thing that matters here. Mm. And I could just go off and build it. And then they go and build their own company and they realize like, oh, there's this whole marketing aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I have to do my taxes and I have to manage my clients. The, I wish they would stop emailing me <laughs> and my clients are stupid because they don't understand why I'm doing X, Y and Z. And like you, you start to see like, oh, just because you're the they call it the technician. Mm hmm. Uh, just because you're the technician, the programmer doesn't mean that you can run a business because you also need equal parts, uh, being like the the administrative side of things, the marketing side of things, the sort of soft skills of dealing with people yeah. uh, and understanding what they want. There's there's all good. I thought that was that was really good. And it's it's like it's like my go to book now to recommend to someone mm-hmm. if they're um, they're like oh I want to start my own thing because. I'm a programmer, therefore, I could clearly do what you're doing because I could just flip on a screen recorder and, and program and then sell that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's this whole other side of, of doing doing stuff like that. I don't know. There's there's a whole bunch of other ones here. I'm going to come up with a smarter, better, faster. That was a good one. Getting things done. That was a really good one in terms of uh, the process of managing a to-do list and whatnot. So yeah, there's a lot of good good stuff here. I'll, I'll hopefully put up a list of my favorite ones.
0: Okay, yeah, please do. I'll I've got uh, I did a quick Google on a couple of those, but the yeah. the one the one Deep Work that one or how you described it sort of grabbed my interest because um, I have a daughter who's a bit over three and a half, Yep. A, and a little boy who is seven weeks old.
1: Oh wow! Congrats. Thank you, thank you very
0: much. Um, they're both my my mum uh, insists that. I didn't appreciate just how lucky we were with them in terms of they were n- <laughs> not placid kids, but yeah. pretty chilled. And But lately, I think you know, I have these ideas, of the things I want to do, and I try to, uh, as much as possible, ditch unnecessary things. You know, try to, yep. okay, this is what I want to do, but what's the least amount that is necessary to get that done? <laughs> Mainly because you think, okay, well, the little, you know, little girl usually gets to bed about eight o'clock. Um, and that was my rhythm. So you'd kind of, I'd gotten into this rhythm over the last year or so of roughly when she goes to bed, I've got about an hour and a bit maybe cause I get up kind of early and then yep. the little boy came along and yeah, I, I, my, my rhythm's gone. It's just, Oh no, no, he's decided to just not be settled right now. So I guess tonight's yep. not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that really got me too. when, when I had kids as well as just like all of the stuff can can be derailed in (laughs) when someone decides to wake up in the middle of the night or doesn't decide to go to bed and you had an evening of, of trying to do stuff. So Mm. that book is, is really good for uh, both teaching you to teaching yourself to just cut the fat from your life Mm -hmm. and, and the stuff that doesn't matter. But also how do you like a lot of people have this like ramp up time where like they sit down at their desk, they get their tea they check their email, they read a couple news stories, and there's just like this hour and a half ramp up before they actually can write some code, mm. where what you need to learn to do is to say, I've got 20 minutes right now, what can I bang out in the next 20 minutes so that I can get something productive done? And uh, that, is, that has really helped me a lot.
0: That's right. I think I'm almost, I kind of more or less at that. And I think before I had kids, there wasn't maybe the impetus to be that, to, to push myself that hard. The, yeah, But ever since they came along, and especially since the, the little boy came along, it's, okay, get my tea, good, that's all I need, right, that's where I was yesterday, fantastic. <laughs> and it's not, like, some days it it just takes, because, you know, you have, like, a really rough night's sleep, or you don't quite sleep yeah. properly, and you're sort of, okay, Um, it's a weekday, okay, uh, let's see, it was a weekday. Monday was a little while ago, that means it's, no, I've got no idea where I am, <laughs> that kind of, you know, you, you're getting yourself together. Yeah, But after that, yeah, it's like, okay, a mouthful of some tea or I guess, you know, if other people have coffee or whatever, you know, and then that's, that's it. And even then it's kind of you sort of thinking about what was I doing yesterday? Where was I, as you're on the way to sit down?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, I I think that, um like to talk about the the kid thing as well Mm -hmm. um there's this like kid syndrome where if you look at like any entrepreneur and there's like an inflection point in their career Mm. so many entrepreneurs had that inflection point when they started having kids because it it's a bit of a kick in the ass and also having kids teaches you how do i get these things done in the short amount of time or really quickly and and how do i just because you don't have a lot of time and and you also have all these these other human beings that you, you need to provide for. So mm. uh, well, while it is it is tough to have kids, I also think that it's a huge advantage because it, it sort of kicks you into high gear. That's exactly when I released my first book. I had been like working on it for over a year and then we got um, we got pregnant. And I just finished that sucker in a couple months because it was time to go. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, that's exactly the thing, right? It's it's funny you say. You know, when I have all the time in the world, but my sister uh, is a is a high school teacher, and she relates these stories. of She said she she knows parents, and I'm going to be very vague so that you know no one can say that it's them and get grumpy. But she said some parents and this isn't meaning to cast aspersions, it's just what she relates to her experience is that they say, Oh no, no, I don't give my child boundaries because then they can explore and then they can be creative and it can don't won't cramp their inner style. And she said, honestly, in my experience of about twenty years of teaching, kids who do that go nowhere. Because it's yeah a, a lack of boundary, a lack of saying, No, 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 you have here, here are, here's uh, boundary A and boundary B. Between those two points, you can do whatever you want. But you have to appreciate those are your limits. Now, go figure it out. Say, given my limitations, what can I do? And she said, yep. My experience is people seem to come alive when you say, Now you've got restraints. Come on, let's, let's see how creative you can be. Or you seem to inspire yourself as to how creative you can, uh, you can be to sort of overcome that. As opposed to if you could do anything, you sort of never seem to quite go anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you need those constraints in order to to actually push something out. And working for myself, I don't really have constraints. I can release my course whenever it is that I want. But uh, putting those limits on myself is is how you can start to squeeze out that extra work.
0: I find it funny, but it's sort of it's good to sort of hear it because I'm thinking that was the path I was I was going down, whether sort of consciously or not. Though it's increasingly yeah. consciously, <laughs> and it's sort of good to hear that. Yeah, okay, it's it's. It it's good to have it reinforced. Um, on a like a more maybe a more tangible specific exactly. Um, when it comes to you said to like interacting with people, how yep. how do you approach a mailing list? Or is it just the same thing? You know, you put you you just you write it as you would teach, you, you put that same um kind of mental approach into it, or do you Yeah. Just curious. Um, that's a
1: good that's a great question. Um I I do do it fairly personal. Mm -hmm. Um, I do write it as if I were just talking to the person, but I also put a lot of thought into uh, what are the words that um, the people like, like my last, I'll I'll back up and I'll I'll explain my last JavaScript 30 course. um, The way that I sort of advertised it is how do I get better at JavaScript or I feel like everything is moving too fast and and you you use all these words that people are always saying and people it's unreal how much email you get back from people being like, I, I feel like you're in my head. I just said that yesterday and Mm -hmm. this is exactly what, what I've been looking for all this time. And thank you so much for, for doing it. So I, I do do it pretty, um, pretty casual, but, at the like I'm there's a lot of stuff out there in terms of copywriting and it all just feels very weird Mm. but I feel like I have a pretty good handle same with my websites if you read all of the copy on any of my sales pages it's very intentional that I'm trying to get you to buy something but it also doesn't cross that line of feeling like this feels weird or you're being very uh very aggressive about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and it's worked out really nicely for me so at some point I would like to systematize and figure out how does how how am I writing this stuff and how am I explaining these courses because there's probably like a method to my madness Mm. um but right now it's all just going off of feel
0: okay I I, I guess some people have a you know just the way that they're wired links in nicely to certain styles and yeah and reading um I've read I must have read through your um your site I don't know how many times over not everything in intimate detail but just the way it, just the relaxed style was maybe what um sort of grabbed me in the first place for mm-hmm. some people who's sort of very stiff it's kind of okay what kind of person are they going to be if I <laughs> if I try and have a chat to them
1: yeah and I think that all stems back from I've I've always been self-employed um and I've I've never been trying to impress an employer or move up a, a corporate ladder or I've I've never been trying to impress anybody mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get my point across as if uh, to my peers people who are like me mm-hmm. other developers mm-hmm. um and I think that that's really what it stems from
0: That's interesting like I I had uh, I've only been Doing sort of freelance for about uh, I, I say about two years, but that about two years keeps getting bigger and bigger because I keep yeah. <laughs> forgetting when exactly it was. Um, but yeah, I always I was co- uh, what full time employee for um, since about 1999. Oh yeah, and uh, I I I was uh, I had a holiday to Singapore uh, about eight years ago, and I sat down in this cafe and. This is kind of like... This was like the, the kernel or the crystallizing moment. Um, yeah. And as people did, at least in that at that time in Singapore, everybody went out and about, but they went with laptops. So they were kind of out everywhere, but they didn't talk mm-hmm. to anybody, at least near them. And um, and I was writing postcards, as people still did in the day. Um, but I forgot an address, and there was this person sitting next to me and I with a laptop, and I said, look... I, you know, sort of kind of gestured to the cards that I was writing and said, do you mind if I borrow your laptop for a sec? I've just forgotten an address. And she was perfectly, yeah. you know, she said, yeah, 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 not a problem at all. And I felt afterwards that I sort of should say something as opposed to, yeah, thanks. And I'll just keep doing my thing. Something to kind of, thanks for, you know, sort of getting me out of that. And so do you mind if I ask you what, what you're doing? Just, you know, how are you kind of thing? And she said, oh, "Ah, yeah. it's fine. And she said she was from, I think, like Chicago originally. Yep. And had come to Singapore to have a look around because a friend of hers, also from the States, had insisted she had to come to Singapore because apparently Singapore was amazing. But she'd been living in Colombia for six years. And I said, that's interesting. I said, do you mind if I ask what you do? She said, yeah, I, I do editing for an online magazine out of the States. And I just thought, uh. I was just kind of, I was captivated at that point. And I said how does that work? She said really easy. She said they give me the work and say we need it we need this done by then and we'll pay you this in US dollars. And so yep. long as I have it done by that date, ideally before, to the level of quality, cash turns up in my bank. And I thought I want what you have.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds nice. But I
0: I I kind of I wonder what it would have been like to have sort of always had have worked that way. So did that come out of that early experience of was it the ladies for uh, was it ladies can code,
1: ladies learning code? Sorry, learning um, code. No, it's is it way before that. I've been entrepreneurial my entire life. Okay. Um, I would I would sell pears by the road when I was a kid. Um, I had a paper route which I gave up because I did the math and it was such a rip off. And hmm. I started a lawn mowing business when I was a kid. Um, when I was in university, I would buy, uh, vintage road bikes in the suburbs for Mm. 20 bucks and flip them for four or 500 bucks in the city where I lived. So it was like, I made like 10 grand one summer when I was in university. It was just amazing. Holy
0: snap. Um, Wow.
1: So it just like, I've always just like loved that kind of stuff where it's like the, the hustle of, of Mm. running your own show. And I've, I've never liked to. I, I did a couple co ops through school, hmm. and and I realized through doing that that I didn't like the whole working for someone and and whatnot. So it, it just I think I was born with that in my DNA of running your own business.
0: Interesting. I the the word hustle, I I I do have a slight negative connotation to it, not completely. Yeah. But it sort of like sort of hustle in that you just you rapidly get in, get stuff done, and how yeah. how can we do this? How can we make it work? Okay, it's not working, so we'll let it go.
1: Yeah, putting in the work, trying trying stuff out, um, like not following a like I'm not following any guidebook mm-hmm. right now. Like right now, I'm getting emails from so many people being like, "Hey Wes, I want to also sell a course. Can we talk?" And you tell me exactly how to do it. Like somebody, most people want to be told exactly how it works, mm-hmm. or most people like like right now, um. With young kids, all of my my wife's friends are starting to join these multi level marketing schemes where they try to sell you Tupperware or leggings or oils or something like that mm-hmm. because they want to run their own business but they don't want to have to do any of the figuring it out. They just want to get a, a playbook for how to do it. Oh uh, yeah, okay. So I've I've never never been uh, the. I think for me the hustle is figuring it out. How does this work? How does email? work how do facebook ads work how do i increase the twitter following by providing all that good stuff so that that's what the the hustle is for me it's the figuring out of the unknown do you have like like
0: following along from that i'm I'm guessing you do and but do you how do you sort of do, do you have those moments where you say this just all feels pointless or do you just does that not sort of factor in at all like do you no, have have well, moments of you just have moments of self doubt which i guess invariably come
1: yeah um yeah that everyone always asks me that like how do you handle self doubt and i think my wife my wife put it give me a backhanded compliment a couple months ago she said you are unapologetically confident or something like that yeah where uh i i don't obviously with with some stuff i'm like oh maybe this wouldn't be a good course but um I, I sort of have a, a good feel of of what I should be doing, and uh, I don't mind trying things out. And and if it doesn't work out, I don't I don't feel bummed about it. I know that this is all experiments, and eventually I'm gonna stumble upon something that works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you were to follow uh, how to do something, mm-hmm. then everybody would be doing it, right? Like I I stumbled upon this posting tips to twitter not because somebody else was doing it just because i was trying different things here or there Mm -hmm. and and some of the stuff started to take off and i go oh this is a new way that you can uh you can be engaging on twitter and and i sort of started to run now like a lot of people are doing that uh which is fine because i'll move on to whatever the next thing is that i'm i'm tinkering with and trying to experiment with so i don't know there's I, i don't have a whole lot of self-doubt in this stuff um maybe it's maybe it's because i've been doing it for so long and i've I've sort of figured it out Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know (laughs) i was just
0: curious it's just i i like some people just seem to be more i find everybody's there's always a range and there's there's people at sort of both ends and there's a lot around the middle and some seem to have sort of uh, um, um what would say crippling self-doubt and others it's just oh yeah it's there for a moment but eh, whatever shrug it off keep going
1: yeah and and maybe that if i think about that a little bit more it might come back from when i was doing freelance web design it's such a such a gut-wrenching thing to design something and then to put it in front of a client and mm. they're invariably going to be like i don't like at least part of it mm. um and doing that for years and years and years um, you get really good at being able to take that criticism, oh, yeah. and um, and figure out why they're being critical. Not because your feelings are hurt, but why are they saying they don't like this? It, and often it's the case that if someone's being critical, the reason that they're saying it is not exactly the reason. There's there's something more behind it, and and you got to figure out uh, why that is that they're they're being critical of it or or they're not liking it.
0: That reminds me of a, a, friend, of, a friend of mine from the Dominican Republic said, because um, we were talking about uh, having a similar conversation, and he said his boss came to him and he said, because he was getting very worked up by what clients were saying because he was in sales for um, a large multinational. And, yep. and his boss said, no, 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 no. He said, okay, look. He said, I, you've come to me and we've had these conversations for a while, he said, I want, I want to give you one point. He said, there's a difference between what somebody said and what somebody meant. Mm-hmm. And there's they use these words, that's fine. And those words could be very harsh. They could be extremely rude or abusive. Yep. But that's not necessarily what the person actually meant. That's just how they housed it or phrased it. He said, what you got to do, if he said, well, if you want to stay doing this job, because I can see you're getting stressed, is to look behind it. What did somebody mean? What was their motivation? What happened what led them to this and try and separate the the two from each other
1: yeah yeah exactly i suck at doing uh, I, it but yeah me uh, me too i think like sometimes um somebody like twitter is the worst for that kind of stuff because it's it's very short there's no context there's often no tone a lot of people on twitter are english as a second language so they don't know how to convey tone uh through a tweet and something like that and Often uh, you you feel like, like I get like sometimes I get worked up over something, something, something mean that someone says over Twitter. But like really what you got to do is and I'm trying to get better at this is, is stop and figure out really what was behind that mm-hmm. comment. And, and that will really help you uh, figure things out.
0: OK. All right. Let's see. That was that had sort of done all the questions I sort of had written at least. Um, okay. And some were kind of, you know, ad libbed. Um, how about Not trying to sound like it's a uh, to, to to seek out a playbook. And I think some people, you know, if if you gave them the playbook, they still wouldn't. They'd still kind of want you to do it for them. But um, yeah. Um, if someone was starting out and they were willing to work, you know, they were willing to say, okay, look, I'm going to give this a go, and yep. I, I'm prepared to take some knocks and to take some setbacks. What would be um sort of like some pointers to sort of you know for them getting started like maybe to be more specific all right you're getting started keep in mind these two or three things or something
1: yeah um so i think a couple of things first of all figuring out what you're going to be doing like if you want to start selling courses don't ask me what to do a lot of people ask me like what is the topic that is really needed right now and and i don't know um I have an idea, but, uh, I think that you can figure that out really quickly by, and and this is how I started is I was doing blog posts or YouTube videos or just do a whole bunch of little things, blog posts of videos or whatever it is. And some of them are going to take off and some of them are going to hit a nerve. And some of them are, are, people are going to email you about and, and you're going to figure out real quickly what it is that, that people actually want from this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like with my JavaScript 30, nobody was asking me. Um, nobody was asking me for a vanilla JavaScript course. People were asking me for um, like more and more advanced React and, and all of these like hot new frameworks and whatever the buzzword was. But from, from teaching people, from doing a couple little uh, videos on YouTube in a couple of blog posts and whatever. And, and the stuff that people reacted to is, was that there was just a bunch of vanilla JavaScript that people didn't necessarily know or, uh, yeah, they just didn't know about it. And they, they were a along those parts. So, um, that's sort of how I, I figure out those things. And I think that's really important. in if you're trying to figure out what it is that I should, um, what it is that I should, uh, release. Mm-hmm. So, That's one. Um, What else? Start an email list immediately. Um, Twitter, Facebook, these things are great. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the day, if you want to get people's attention, um, your email list is going to be number one for you. Mm -hmm. So start it right now. Um, Don't wait until you want to launch. Because that often happens as well. People will build this entire thing and then they'll send me an email being like, hello, Mr. Boss. Uh, would you please share this on Twitter? And it's like, I first of all, I don't even know who you are. Uh, I've never heard of this product. Like if you were on my radar and I, you know, I was friends with you, maybe I would share it out. But I don't develop this stuff in a vacuum. And then once you're done, start looking for ways to to promote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to start that now. And I think email is uh, probably the the best way that you can do that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that sounds pretty awesome um yeah I, I i don't do things consistently and that's kind of what i'm trying to do better at but um i definitely sort of put in more effort from this point but um yeah thank you kindly for for taking the time to chat with me even though i guess we don't know each other sort of that well or hadn't before today
1: yeah no problem i'm happy to come on here it's kind of fun to to chat about this stuff and it gives me something to think about as well. Like I, I do want to figure out what is my process for, for creating all of this stuff because I have an idea, but it would be nice to to tease that out into a process so it could be more repeatable and I can share that with other people. Ah,
0: sweet. Well, I hope in, in some small way it's, you know, sort of <laughs> moved you further along. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for, you know, for having a yarn because it's, I don't know, like I, I, I don't have specific aims as, as such with the podcast. Plug- well, okay, I have more than I used to. Yeah, But at, at least at this stage, I just sort of wanted to, uh, you know, continue to get to know uh, as many people as possible, learn a lot of stuff. Um, and through doing that and kind of sharing that in that podcast format, hopefully help, uh, I don't know, like one or two or, or perhaps more without wanting to seem hubristic, um, other people. And then, like I said, in time, hopefully it kind of blossoms into something. And
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for being a part of that.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, anytime, anytime at all. So what did you think of the enormously enthusiastic, infectiously enthusiastic, and as always, very charitable, very professional, Mr. Wesboss? Personally, I thought it was great. I think I have at least about a page and a half, if not, if not two pages here of kind of notes and, and takeaways that I had from that episode personally, it was great. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest about this. One of the motivations for creating the podcast, besides trying to find a whole load of amazing people through which I can then, you know, pick their brains and then share it with you so that you can, you know, do better at what you do, is to do the same thing myself. One of the things I love doing is creating screencasts. So it's great to, you know, have somebody who does it so well and to be able to, to learn from them. So a few more bits and pieces Did you catch the bit, or should I say, did you catch the part where he said, um, when you're getting started, start an email list immediately, right now, don't wait until you launch. As he said, social media is fantastic, but an email seems to last forever, it seems to be much more personal, much more, once I say yes to your email, it's a much more, um, um, what would you say, I'm actually stuck for the word, I do this all the time. Um, you sort of have much more acceptance into someone's life. The other piece that he also said, I, I hope you heard it, was do a whole bunch of little posts and see which takes off and hits a nerve with people. So basically, as I said in the intro to the fireside chat, find out what someone actually wants, what they actually need, and then give it to them. Don't think you know and take a pot shot only to watch it fail. Do your best to basically ask them, what do you need help with? What do you need to do? and then go do it, and be unapologetically confident, that's something I could learn about, or learn from, anyway, it's been amazing, it's been wonderful to have your company again today, I hope that you have enjoyed the episode, and that you are seeing a whole host of guests appearing in the upcoming episodes on the show, and if you want any more information on today's show, go to FreeTheGeek.fm forward slash episode, forward slash episode hyphen zero zero two two. That's fm forward slash episode, forward slash episode hyphen zero zero two two. And I'll see you in two weeks for the next Fireside Chat.